up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, episode number 133. I am so excited to share this week's podcast episode with you. I've had such great interviews over, really over the course of this entire year with some amazing um, business owners, entrepreneurs, online business owners, and I'm just, I'm excited to round out the year with a couple very special ones. So first up, well, last week I brought you Cassie Payton, who was a, um, who is a website copywriter, and now I'm bringing you Andrea Jones. Andrea Jones has built an online business committed to empowering businesses to utilize the power of social media in a positive and impactful way without being overwhelmed and drained by it. With over seven years experience in the game, Andrea hosts the acclaimed podcast, The Savvy Social Podcast, leads a team providing done-for-you service inside of her marketing agency that was named a top 10 digital marketing agency in 2021 and serves over 200 students in her membership, The Savvy Social School. You can find her online at andrea.com or at online Andrea, no, online Drea on Instagram. I will link to all of her social media accounts in the show notes, but you can find her on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And she also is sharing a free social media rockstar framework course that I will link to in the show notes. Andrea and I have been in each other's online business world social media orbit for years now. And it was it was really a pleasure to get to sit down and talk with her on the podcast. Um, and she shares details about her business and how she's grown it over the years. Um, and she shares a lot of really, really great practical social media tips for all of us busy entrepreneurs who are trying to scale back the amount of time we're spending on the phone, on our phones on a day-to-day basis. Um, And what I really love most about this podcast is just Andrea's calm, grounded energy. You will, you, you all know me and the level of energy I bring um, and my enthusiasm. And it's not that she's not energetic or enthusiastic about the topic, but she just has such a calming presence that I can see why her her business has grown to the heights that it has. So I find her both an inspiration, um, inspirational and informative in this podcast, and I hope you get the most out of it. And I think this is a perfect thing to listen to either as you're, you're wrapping up your year or maybe to save it and come back to it in January when you're a little more 
in a in a place of strategizing and planning for 2022. So um, this is also a great one episode to couple with the co- website copywriting one, which I suggested coupling with the SEO one. Um, so you've got a lot of tools at your disposal to make planning your marketing strategy for 2022 easier than ever before. And also you have me. So um, as always, by the time you listen to this, we will still have a couple weeks left of the pay what you can pocket coaching service available. So just DM me on Instagram if you're interested in that. And I have opened my books for the jumpstart service that I offer, which is the one-on-one marketing intensive. It's a two-hour deep dive into your business where together we figure out your marketing foundation, a strategy for you for 2022. Um, And then most importantly, you get a one-page brand guide and a four-week marketing action plan, as well as four weeks of voice note support from me as you execute that plan. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm super excited to talk to today's guest. We have been in each other's social media orbits for quite some time now. Her name is Andrea Jones, and she is the founder of the Savvy Social Business School. Is that right? Yes, Savvy Social School. Savvy Social School and the Savvy Social Podcast, um, where she gives such great social media tips. I have done some of her courses and some of her workshops in the past, and she's just, she's great at what she does. So I'm excited to have her here to share all of her social media knowledge with you all. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Miranda. Yes, I'm excited to get started. So Um, I'll let you introduce a little bit about yourself. I know you have been in business for a long time, right? Yeah, almost eight years now uh, as my own business. And prior to that, I worked in the hospitality industry and was kind of put in charge of social media as one being one of the youngest on the team at the time. Um, So I've seen the evolution over the years and I, you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings about social media. It can be a wonderful, magical place to connect with people and build communities and build your business. But I also know it can be overwhelming. And so my approach is to really help business owners kind of understand where those boundaries are, where those lines are and actually use social media as a tool to grow your business. Um, I, as you mentioned, run the Savvy Social School, which is our membership for uh, business owners. And then I also have an agency as well, where we offer done-for-you services for those folks who just want it off of their plate. So uh, we see it all and I'm happy to bring some of those strategies and share them here with you today. Yes. Thank you so much. So let's start with The number one thing that my clients tell me, and we were talking a little bit before we recorded, which is that they know social media is important, um, but they are tired of being on their phones and they're like burned out. So do you, how do you help people focus their attention while they're on social media so that they can scale back the amount of time they're spending like on their actual phone? Yes. And you know, this is so easy to get caught up in. And I don't want you to beat yourself up if this is you, because the the platforms like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, they're all designed to be addictive. They're literally designed and created to keep people on them for as long as possible, um, which is fine for consumers and it works to our benefit as business owners, but we have other things to do. <laughs> 
So, you know, just kind of coming at it with that awareness that, you know, social media is designed in a certain way um, can help. And then I love uh, for business owners to really be intentional about their social media use. And um, I actually did create a meditation around this. Um, oh it's free. If you Google social media unwind, it's an audio that's out there for free in the world. But um, the process is really kind of separating yourself, your personal use and your business use for social media and really getting clear on how you want to show up like as a human being mm-hmm. and then as a business owner. And so really being clear about that, either meditating on it, writing it down, being intentional because it's so easy for those two things to get combined. So, you know, me scrolling, looking at cute dogs, totally (laughs) different, totally different time from me actually using it as a tool to grow your business. So really being intentional about that and making some decisions. One of my favorites for myself is I don't have any notifications on my Mm -hmm. phone. Um, not even email because I I find, yeah, I just, I get so distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so easy to just, you know, look down and suddenly Instagram is like 90% of people have seen this. And then you're back (laughs) on the app again. You're like, have they? Right. (laughs) So that's how I do it. Yeah. I find that is really helpful. Um, especially when you are a a busy business owner and you, I find like trying to stay present in each activity that I'm doing. So like, is it social media time or is it like time to hang out with my stepdaughter rebel? You know, like I don't want my phone dinging all the time when we're spending time together Um, or like intentionally leaving my phone behind when I have, you know, I'm going like, if I'm walking the dog, I see people who are walking their dogs and they're like, on their phone the whole time, you know? Yeah. And so I just think being really intentional about it is, is a great point. And I see your cute little pup back there. (laughs) Yes. Gibson's (laughs) always back here, but yeah, I don't walking in the dog and scrolling. I don't have the dexterity for that. (laughs) No either. I don't know. I like (laughs) that seems dangerous to me. And I'm sure for those people, maybe it's like, the five minutes they have in between calls and they need to catch up on something. But um, being intentional with your time, I think, is a great point. And then how do you, like just taking it a step back, like what foundational elements should business owners consider before starting their social media marketing strategies? So like as a coach, we talk about all things marketing. And of course, social media is a part of that um, strategy, but it's not a specific you know, like social media strategy. Yes. And you probably talk about this a lot, but really understanding the message that you want to share with the world is so important before you start posting on social media um, and having that front and center. So understanding the transformation that your work brings. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do people feel, you know, before discovering you, before buying your products or, you know, hiring you for a service? How do they feel? And what are they going through? What are their challenges? And then really deeply understanding you know, why they purchase and how their life is different. Everything from, you know, if you're a candle company, people love like the atmosphere of having their room smell a certain way. It's not just about the candle itself. It's that feeling afterwards. Or if you're a service provider, like um, a bookkeeper, then it's, you know, having that 
reliable person they can trust with some of the most important pieces of their business. So it's really understanding those languages. And it's not just, you know, buy this candle, hire me for the service, but deeply understanding that transformation. And then also understanding you and like how you want to deliver that. So I'm a talker. I prefer video, (laughs) audio. Yes. Yes. (laughs) If I have to write, it's going to take me longer and it actually may impede me putting something out there. Mm -hmm. So I love to just create impromptu videos. That's my style. That's what works for me. Um, Some of my clients prefer to write. Some of my students prefer just to have beautiful imagery. So really like tapping into, you know, what works for you and how you will tap into that creativity because this is a skill. Like everything else in social media is a skill that you have to learn. And if you don't like any part of it, it's going to be really hard to commit to showing up consistently in that way. And as adults, especially, we don't like showing up and not knowing. We already learned. We learned how to tie our shoes. We learned, you know, we learned how to walk and talk. Uh, We don't want to keep learning stuff all the time. We just want to be able to do it. So if you feel like you're struggling through some of those elements, you're trying to force um, a new skill so much so that you feel like so uncomfortable showing up every time Mm -hmm. that you're hindering yourself from progress. So those are some of the foundational things that I think business owners should um, start to understand before approaching social media. Yes. I call that like making the barrier to enter like lower for yourself, because I think in the beginning, people, as business owners, we put a lot of pressure and we make that bar so high. We're like, we have to do reels. We have to do YouTube. We have to do all of these things. And then it's overwhelming. Or like you said, it's not a communication strength that it's not natural to us to communicate in that way. So it feels uncomfortable. And then we just kind of push it off or end up not showing up for that thing. Um, So I love what you were saying about that. And I know that you talk a lot about the three W's and making sure that those three W's, like making sure you can answer those questions. So it's what do you sell? Who is it for? And then why does it matter? Which is where you talk about that transformation. Um, and I think that is really, I I like to talk about that too. Like how are they feeling before and after? And you shared an exercise in one of your podcasts recently that I thought was so helpful where it was just like get a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. And then like, how do they, what are the feelings before they work with you? And then what are the feelings after? And just using that to create content. And I love that because I think emotion is such a big part of marketing. And a lot of times when clients come to me and they say, well, like this isn't selling or I'm not getting engagement, it's because they're not conveying that emotion. There's not that, they're not elaborating on that story or that experience. Like it's not just the candle, it's so much more. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I love that before and after strategy because you're right. The emotional piece, I mean, as humans, just think about the last couple of things that you bought. Yeah. It's probably because it it hit an emotional spot for mm-hmm. you, right? Yeah. Um, like for me, right now, I am 18 weeks pregnant, <laughs> none of my clothes fit. And I saw a Facebook ad for this like belly extender for your oh, co- yes. like winter coat. And I was yeah. like, I didn't know I need this. I cannot zip up my winter coat right now. I'm buying it. It's and that amazing. was like an emotional, like I feel, I just feel bigger and it's uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> so it's I think tapping into that. Yeah. yeah. And same. So we're going out of town this weekend and um, I have never actually 
traveled with my stepdaughter before. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, we need a car seat. Like, what are we going to do in Virginia? So I was just on Google and I got served an ad for this website that's like baby gear rentals. It's like Airbnb, but for children's things. So when you go, you put in your location of where you're going and then you'll get all of these individual owners from whom you can rent these items. And so I like rented a car seat from someone and she is going to deliver it to the house that we're staying at and then pick it up on the Sunday that we leave. And it's way cheaper. I think you can rent them from the airport or, you know, sometimes there's something you can do there, but it was just way more cost effective than like, and also more convenient than lugging our own car seat on the airport. And so that solved an immediate problem and it tapped into like an emotional need because I was focused on convenience in that case. Like I really, I really don't want to like worry about checking this thing and I would rather just buy one, (laughs) just like leave it, you know? So I think like thinking about the feelings, the emotions conveyed in those transactions is so helpful. And for someone who maybe writing is not their strong suit or they're having trouble like conveying that emotion and sharing that story. And it feels like they're just pushing product. How do you help them kind of get back to the story or to elaborate on those emotions? Yes. What There's a few places that I like to go to tap into this because sometimes we are so close to our thing, like our mm-hmm. thing that we're creating. Uh, but I like to go other places and get inspiration. So uh, one of my favorites is Amazon. The Amazon oh. review section, <laughs> it has so many thoughts from people about their emotional experience with products. So go to a competitor or go to even something on a similar topic. Like if you sell car seats, maybe it's a how-to book on the car seats, Mm -hmm. right? And go look at the comments, both the top five-star reviews and the one-star reviews. And you'll start to see some of the words that pop up. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone says, you know, this was great. My family got to go on vacation because of this. That's a that's yeah. a story. Right. Or this was terrible because it didn't fit. And I felt like I wasted my time. Like that's another mm-hmm. story and an emotion. And so you can go to some of those places, YouTube, Facebook groups. I just love Amazon review sections because of the transparency so on the charts. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun way to kind of pull some of those stories and jumpstart your, um, your thoughts and how your clients may be feeling. Yeah, I love that. So then, um, and I have clients to look at their own reviews because I think that can be a nice little confidence boost. And then you also get some nice verbiage in the same way. But I like the idea of (laughs) finding inspiration outside of the social media world or like Amazon or, um, so once they have that inspiration, is there like, what's the best way to jumpstart like content? Like, are we, because, so I have a podcast that comes out today when we're recording this in real time. But, um, and it's all about like in the marketing world, we talk about consistency, right? And I think that can be very helpful, like having a consistent schedule in developing your habit of like social media marketing or other marketing action items. But I sometimes find that being consistent can be a trap for people, like creatively, like they get out of the habit of, checking in with their intuition or following their creative flow because it's not, you know, woman crush Wednesday or whatever their schedule tells them to do. Yeah. So do you have any other ideas for that? 
Yeah, it is tough because especially when you do get into that rhythm, because social media changes all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do recommend having a few different habits. So you talked about kind of the regular habit of creating content, Mm -hmm. but there also should be a regular habit of evaluating that content as well. Um, So it's not just creating it, but evaluating it. And once you get to that evaluation stage, it's really looking with a critical lens at what's working and what's not. Right. So, you know, if Woman Crush Wednesday (laughs) is, you know, you like writing it, you like creating it, but when you look at it, it's not serving a purpose. You know, people aren't liking or commenting or they aren't sharing, saving, clicking, Um, then it's time to look at a different way to approach that type of content piece. So it's really having that evaluation and then also making sure when you're evaluating, you're looking at the intent of the post. I see people all the time who, you know, they're promoting something like say you're promoting your podcast episode Mm -hmm. and then they go to the comments and they're like, nobody's commenting. Well, that's not really what you're asking with that type of post. With the podcast promotion, you're saying, go listen to the podcast. So you want to look at those sorts of actions, which right. may be, you know, link clicks. Or if you're on Instagram, it's if you're saying link in the bio, okay, so did people go over to your profile to even get to the link in the bio, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of making sure that your evaluation matches the intent of the post and then changing it up. Um, you don't have to hop on a trend immediately. Right. You, don't, you don't have to do that. Um but, you know, following some of the marketers that you trust and kind of listening to their advice can be helpful for business owners to understand which trends are the ones that they want to, you know, jump on. You know, should they cancel their Instagram account and jump on TikTok yeah. or, you know, those sorts of things, you know, looking for advisement from the people who like you and I, who look at it every single day could help with some of those decisions. Yes, that is so great. And I think too, like if you ask your audience, like what do they want to see? I think that can be helpful sometimes to figure it out. I did, a, um, this always cracks me up. Like, so I, I got bangs a few weeks ago and I swear that was the most, for that week, the most engaging content. Like people were messaging me. They were like all types of things, you know, asking about my bangs. And then one day I had them like, you know, pulled back and people were like, where did your bangs go? Why are they pulled back? Like, did you, you know, (laughs) and I just thought if ever there was an example of how, like just being yourself can increase engagement, you know, it's important to share valuable business content, but if you're a personal brand, I think it's also important to just like be human and give those little aspects of personal life that you can connect with, you know, or this weekend. um, Okay. Our neighbors, and we have some neighbors that are very, have high maintenance lawns. So their front lawns look like they vacuum them, vacuum them. And ours, we have the most trees in our front yard. (laughs) So it's like the contrast is, is very apparent between the two. And I did a whole little thing in my stories, just talking about it on Saturday or whatever day. And people went bananas. They were like taking the poll. They were messaging me. I had like people who have plant shops telling me that leaves were good for the earth and that the grass has to die in order to come back, you know, nothing to do with marketing, entirely personal and just so goofy, right? Like I was just making fun of us for not raking the leaves and my neighbor for like vacuuming, it seemed. And, and that just got people engaged. 
in a silly way, right? Because we talk about business stuff and marketing and social media. And sometimes I find that people just want to break from that, like for a moment. Do you ever find that? Oh yeah. Um I you know what I've been seeing that works is the non-marketing content. <laughs> like and even the 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 more unpolished the better. Like yeah. if your kids screaming in the background, mm-hmm. if you know for me it's my dogs are always here and like in the way. People love that. You know, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily want to see the perfectly polished photo shoot or the perfectly designed graphic. They want the human, the real, the people content, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, partially frustrating as a marketer, but yeah. also it should be a relief as like a small business owner. You don't need all of the bells and whistles. Just let people in a little bit. Yeah. And that's another boundary to just figuring out what that looks like for you. But let people in a little bit, show something. And people feel like they know me because I talk a lot about my dog. And um, I don't really share a lot of the other personal elements of my life. But that's one of those things where I'm like, he loves being on the camera. People love seeing him on the camera. So he's in there. (laughs) It's so funny. And that's where I think as business owners, our minds want to overcomplicate what what we have to do on social media. When in reality, that was just what was happening in my house on Saturday. There was like an entire discussion. And I, every fall, this is what happens here because we, we're the slacker neighbors that don't rake our leaves as often. You know, and it just was so funny. And I think you can learn at, at the same time that the audience is learning about you when you share these personal details about your dog or even just like your significant other popping in once in a while, um, you're learning about them and like what they, I, so many people were so passionate about like the yard work stuff, you know, and that just <laughs> taught me a lot. Like, oh, a lot of us are in a similar age group and on my feed, you know, all of us are like, they're all entrepreneurs. Most of them have children, you know, and so just like yard work at this stage of life is just kind of getting pushed farther down the to-do list. And that was something that we can relate on. And so, you know, I think it's helpful to figure that out about your audience too. Like what, what are the other talking points or pain points in their life that you might be able to help them with? Yeah. It's that two-way conversation, honestly. Like social, this is the magical thing about social media that I geek out about all the time is that, you know, when we think about traditional marketing, radio ads, TV ads, it's just very one way billboards, but social media, it's that conversation piece. It's the community piece that's really important. And your conversation about leaves on the front yard, you never know who's that, what that's going to turn into. You don't know who knows who. You're like deepening connections with people. You know, they're all entrepreneurs. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you're deepening connections with people that's layered and that helps, you know, form an actual bond. It's just like making friends. You know, you don't just connect over one thing. It's usually multiple things. And that's hard to kind of pinpoint why, some people are friends and some people are casual acquaintances. And I think that's a piece about social media that's so freaking magical. <laughs> it is. And I think the way you, because you, I think you did a reel about this recently too, where you were talking about like how much you love your love for social media and that you and your partner met on YouTube. Yes, oh. we did. <laughs> how did that happen? 
We were just, um, so we collaborated on a YouTube video, just kind of like we're collaborating here on the mm-hmm. podcast. So we, we were collaborating with a bunch of people at the time. This was 2013. Wow. And we collaborated together and then we just kept watching each other's videos. I was like flirting with him. I like your oh. eyes. I like your Canadian accent. <laughs> and then we just kept talking after that. And we had a really like instant connection. And it just kind of moved from there. We just took it one day at a time, but it went very quickly. Oh um, we God. met like we met in September 2013. We were married by that June. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's moved very quickly. But I mean, eight years later, expecting our first kid, like it's such a weird story, but that's the power of social media. Yeah. It's such a modern love story, right? Yes. Social media and meeting on YouTube. I think that's amazing. And I think that's where when we hold, when we take the pressure off of social media and like Maybe for some people, it's more stressful to think of showing up as yourself, you know, in the beginning. But once you get comfortable with that and understanding that, like, the expectations there are whatever you want them to be, then I feel like you just hold it a little bit lighter and you can have a little more fun with it because it it should be fun. And if every time you open Instagram, you're stressed out, like trying to push a product that changes the way people feel about interacting with your content because it changes the energy in the way you're showing up, you know, to post that content. So when you, I know you work with um, small business owners, when you have someone who comes to you like with a failed launch and they say, okay, you know, I, my engagement was low on all my posts throughout the launch. I feel like my follower account just doesn't support me selling these products where, how do you help guide them? Because I feel like in that case, it's a messaging problem, not, not a follower count problem or, I mean, engagement would be a messaging problem, but um, how do you help people in those instances where they're not seeing the conversions they would like to from social media? Yeah. You know, this is such a tough um, conversation because it's typically at a very vulnerable point in a business owner's um, kind of career. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to kind of look at things objectively as a business owner, which is hard to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. But you're right in that some of it is messaging. You know, were you speaking the right words to the right people? Mm-hmm. Did they fully understand the value that your products and services were going to bring? Um, and did you connect with enough of the right people? Right. And that's becoming harder and harder on social media as you know more and more businesses start using it as a tool. Um, there's more competition, there's more out there. And then a lot of the changes with things like Facebook ads over the past year, um, it is tough to do. But you know, really understanding that messaging piece is key. And it's not just a message of um, you know, talking about that product specifically, it's the message of building the community. And our community members can be advocates for us, which is the ultimate goal, I think, for social media, especially for product-based. Mm-hmm. You know, if something pops up in your feed and it's amazing, you want to text it to your girlfriend. You want to yeah. share it in a DM to someone. So sometimes that content isn't necessarily directly selling a product. Right. Um, 
So it's really making sure that you have that layered in and your audience can become advocates for you and kind of share for you and help extend your reach. Um, the other thing I'd look at is the people in your audience. Um, you know, number follower counts aren't everything. I have clients who have one of my clients has 2000 followers, sells out her high ticket group program every time she launches it because her audience doesn't actually want to follow and admit that they have this problem. They kind of look, they look, they maybe sign up for the email list, um, but they don't really follow. They don't really engage because they don't want to be like, I have this problem. Yes. So follower count isn't everything. Um, and I have the opposite happen. Sometimes clients who have you know tens of thousands of followers also have a failed launch because those tens of thousands of followers aren't their ideal. I actually have a client, we're going through this now. Um, they followed her for one reason and now she's trying to launch you know group programs and they're not there for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can be very challenging. So it's really identifying that you have the right people in your audience and then identifying that you have the right message for those people, um, which is really tough to analyze. And I would challenge you, if this is you, to look at this before launching. So by the time you launch, hopefully this those two things are resolved. You've got the right people, you've got the right message, uh, because then when you launch, it'll be more successful because you've got those things resolved. If you launch and you don't have answers to those things, you're going to have to figure it out along the way, which just means your timeline may be a little bit longer. Yes. So let's we can use my business as an example for this. So I have found recently that my followers... I have some very loyal, active followers and podcast listeners, um, but they are not always the ones buying the high ticket items. Like I offer one-on-one marketing coaching, which is can be more high ticket. And so I have a couple of things, of course, for, for that group. Um, but I feel like at this point, like if you do what you said and you evaluate your followers and you find that like, they're no longer maybe a match for what you're offering. How do you, is it a marketing messaging? Like, are you shifting the messaging? Is it evaluating like the content you're putting out? Is this solving and attracting problems of this different audience? Is that where we start with the... Yeah. So it really, it really depends. It could be all three. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It really depends. So in marketing specifically, sometimes, especially at the higher ticket, they don't want to know how the sausage is made. Right. (laughs) Like, like they just want to pay someone and have them figure it out. Yes. Um, And so for that group of people, it's tougher to connect with them using social media alone. Mm-hmm. So typically I'm actually connecting with collaboration partners. Got it. So that's what I would suggest in, you know, a similar situation in that I'm connecting with PR strategists, web designers, and I'm still talking about how the sausage is made and talking about social media and my approach. So that I'm, you know, still perceived as an uh someone knowledgeable in the space, but I'm I'm connecting with people who can refer me those clients. Right. Um, and social media supports that, right? It, it gives you that, that boost. Um, so it really does depend on the industry. If you are selling more of a, you know, low tie, low ticket, you know, click to buy sort of item, mm-hmm. um, you know, those people are very active on social media. They can help and they often become your advocates who are referring other people oh. to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also just jumpstarting conversations like, 
people want to go in communities that are active. And so even if that person never buys from you, but they're commenting on every post, they listen to every Mm -hmm. podcast, that's a very valuable community member because they're going to help other community members lift them up. They're going to show that, you know, this is a great community to be a part of. So that helps too. Um, but then it's, it, it is also looking at the content itself. You do want to have a balance. I think sometimes as business owners, we get so excited about our thing that we just, yeah. we share, that's all we talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there are a couple few pillars of content, types of content that you want to share. Obviously, you can talk about your thing and promote it and use that transformational language. But you also want to educate, you know, why are you the go-to person in this field? Um, you want to talk about how, you know, this isn't just a topic you're talking about. There's a community behind it. Um, you want to show that human element, give us behind the scenes, show us the process, um, let us in a little bit. Um, and then you do want to invite your community to participate with engaging content. So ask questions, you know, pull people in through a poll or, you know, something like that. And so having that balance of content really helps as well. That's super helpful. And I like, and I think it's important to identify the people, like you said, that are very um, valuable in your community. Maybe even if they're not the ones like paying you right now, but they're still like active and involved. Um, I think that's so helpful to have them. And I, what's interesting is too, in my situation, it's like, you never know who's watching what. So when you have somebody who's sharing your content and they're just like active and they love your podcast or they love what you do, um, you don't know who's paying attention to their stories and like who's kind of lurking in the shadows or, you know, behind the curtain, just waiting to buy you because that's what I find. Like my clients, they're not off. They're not very active often enough. Like on my social media, they just come to me ready to buy, you know, that mm-hmm. high ticket ones. And that a lot of times comes down to their own time constraints and like maybe for their business, they're not the one running the social or they're not on Instagram as often. Um, And so it just keeping that in mind, like when you go to post, you never know who is paying attention and not yet paying you. So I think in those pillars of content that you shared are, are super helpful too. Um, So the last thing I have before I will wrap it up here is what about hashtags? Like I had a client this morning who um, was asking me about hashtags, you know, and she said she had done the three to five and she wasn't getting found and she's a local, she has a brick and mortar locally. And so she, she bumped, you know, she bumped it up and she's, done some research to see what local people are following. And she said, it's like the transformation and the level of engagement has been huge in the past four weeks. Um, So what, what is your take on hashtags? This is something that is heavily debated. Yes. (laughs) Um, Just so funny, but you know, I do find that more hashtags work. Instagram recently announced that three to five is like the magic number, but I've always found like 15, 20 hashtags to work way better. (laughs) Yes. That's what I, that's what we concluded in our meeting and I cut you off. Sorry. Let's go on. No, no, no. That, that was it. I mean, it, it depends on the hashtag obviously, but you know, some testing is involved. And I love the story because she tried one way. It didn't work. She tried another way. It did work. And I feel like, well, if it's working, just keep doing that. (laughs) Right. Right. And is there any way someone else asked me this and I didn't know the answer, but if, 
is there, you can see that people are coming from hashtags in your Instagram insights, but is there any way to see like one step down, like what hashtags there? No. So it's just, yeah, there's not an easy way. If you run, um, if you boost the post, mm. sometimes depending on, like, it seems like Instagram's changing this feature, but sometimes you can see the specific hashtags that got the most reach. Yeah. Um, but I mean, some of us don't want to boost a post every time. Right. So, uh, but otherwise, it's just kind of a testing, mixing and matching, and making sure you have a variety of hashtags that works the best. Yeah. And, and experimenting, right. And paying attention to, oh. I think, track. Oh, there, <laughs> there they go making their debut <laughs> with hashtags. If you are experimenting with different hashtags, just document which hashtags you use. Like I just copy and paste them into my notes app and then I kind of play around with those or you can look at others in your industry and see which hashtags they're using or what your audience is following. Um, just experimenting again. So much of it is just kind of figuring out what works best for you in your business. So with that, is there anything else? I mean, you've given us so much great information today, but is there anything else, um, any other tips you would like to offer small business owners who are DIYing their social media right now? Yes. So if you are time strapped, um, I would love it if you could focus more on connecting than on content. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes it's really easy to cut that piece out and just push out content. But the beauty of social media is in the connection piece. Um, and so typically I recommend spending about an hour a week on content mm -hmm. um, and then spending 15, 20 minutes a day on connecting. And so that should help get you to the next level in your business. Yes. Thank you. And when you say connecting, that can go both ways, right? Like engaging with the people who are engaging with your content, but also reaching out to others in your audience and like engaging with their content. Yes. Finding new people. My favorite way to do this is collaboration partners. Hmm. So not your direct uh, customer, but you know someone who also serves your direct customer or client. And it's such a great way to kind of build your network. Yeah. Like we're doing right here. It's so yes. great. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, let the people know how they can get in touch with you and what you have going on uh, at the end of this year. Yes. So if you're listening to this podcast, head on over to my podcast, The Savvy Social Podcast. We talk about social media strategies and the how and why of social media. Um, and then I also have a free course that walks you through how to build a social media strategy. It's at onlinedrea.com slash free, F-R-E-E. And I'm everywhere on social media at onlinedrea. I'm having a lot of fun with TikTok right now, just exploring, <laughs> learning, and experimenting. But I'm onlinedrea everywhere. So fun. I love your reels are so great because they're usually like short and sweet, but they, they pack a punch every time. And I will say you had something a while ago. This is a while ago. And it was a freebie for um, like how you create your social media. I think it was stories content and like selling in the stories or something like that. And that has helped me so much to like create my content in advance to be able to just post some of those, um, I don't want to say salesy, not in like a sleazy way, but the, the post where I'm talking more about offers and how people can work with me. And it was really, really helpful. So thank you so much for all that you do in this space and for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. This was fun. <laughs> 
Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a marketing or journal prompt episode. And please leave a review so more people can find us. Are we friends on Instagram yet? Head over to at Marketing Uninhibited to say hi and let me know what parts of marketing you're struggling with. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with a customized four-week marketing action plan, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call today. And remember, marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. (laughs) 